Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you. And first of all, I have to say to our American friends, happy Thanksgiving. I know it's a weird year, but I also know that we only find things we're looking for. And when I look around, I see so much to be thankful for. I especially want to thank all of you who sponsored kiddos through Compassion and who helped us celebrate the That Sounds Fun birthday on Monday. It was the best time. We couldn't have done it without you. I'm really, really grateful. One of the things we talked about at the party were our holiday gift guides we've created. So it's just some fun little ideas for you to help you find the perfect gift for everyone on your holiday shopping list. And you can find those at AnnieFDowns.com. And today, our guest on Thanksgiving is Kimberly Williams-Paisley. You may know her from her role as Annie in Father of the Bride or as Brad Paisley's wife. She has also written a lot of books, starred in many TV shows and movies, including two Christmas ones that have just come out this week, Christmas Chronicles 2 on Netflix and A Nashville Christmas Carol on Hallmark. It's so good, y'all. It's so good. She and Brad started The Store, which is a nonprofit enabling food insecure Tennesseans to shop for groceries with dignity and respect. And today on Thanksgiving, when we are eating with friends and family, is a great day, I think, for us to talk about our neighbors who are maybe food insecure and the ways we can step in and help. So Kimberly was the perfect person for today's episode. I'm very thankful for her. So here's my conversation with Kimberly Williams-Paisley. Kimberly, thanks for doing this today. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Annie. It's so good to talk to you. It'll be so fun. I We share a bazillion friends. Yes. Um, I, one of my Who's your fa- favorite. Uh, yeah, that's right. Let's pick our favorite mutual friends. The one that comes to mind is a couple of maybe two years ago when Danielle Walker and Jen Hatmaker, oh. I, were they both cooking in your kitchen at the same time? They were. Uh, they're both amazing cooks. So I don't know what I was doing there. I was just like trying to stay out of the way. They're both amazing people and so inspiring. Yeah. So they came over and, and made dinner for me, basically. Yeah. Which is not a bad gig. No, not a bad gig. Actually, I think Jen and I were kind of drinking wine and Danielle took over. I yes. think that's what was happening. Okay. So are you, do you eat Danielle's way? Are you like gluten-free or, or do you just like her cookbooks? I really like her cookbooks and I, and I attempt to eat her way. You know, um, she's in, she inspires me too, with the way she has healed her body with, yes. with food. So I love her recipes and I think it's a really healthy way of eating. If you can, it's hard for me to keep it up and I don't have, I don't have the issues that she has. So I, I do kind of stray from that way of eating, but, but I love, she's got great cookbooks. Celebrations is one that I've used around Thanksgiving and yeah. Yeah. Okay. How did you become friends with both of them? You know what? Social media. Won't it do it? I know. I know. That's how we got here too. Yes. I'm so grateful for social media. I reached out to Jen Hatmaker years ago now and she responded. Yeah. And, um, and then same with Danielle, I was making her marshmallows. Yes. Have you ever made her marshmallows? They're so hard to do. Okay. So I am a disaster in the kitchen. I mean, before 2020, I was, I was way worse than I am now, but (laughs) I was trying to make her marshmallows and I, and I put the the blender in, but uh-huh. I, I like turned it on first or something. I had marshmallow oh, everywhere, <laughs> like on the cabinets, on the ceiling. I ate as much of it as I could. Yes. Yes. Our cabinets, <laughs> our cabinets are relatively clean. 
I was like, all right, kids, scoop it up. That's right. Let's go. Get wasting this. <laughs> That's right. Okay, but in COVID, you've gotten very serious about your bread making. I have. That has become one of my favorite pastimes. I really love the whole art of it. I love the patience that's required. Yeah. I love that it moves at its own timetable and I don't get to be the boss of it. I think that's a really, really good thing for me to practice. Yeah. <laughs> I love feeling the dough. Mm-hmm. I love just that satisfaction of of watching it grow and then getting to sort of play with it and it, it just comes alive mm-hmm. and then putting it in the oven and it smells amazing and it just it makes the house feel like a home. Yeah. It's something I do with my oldest son Huck and you know it's just I love it. I love it. It really was fun to watch you learn over COVID through <laughs> social media because because there, the things you were experiencing like emotionally and spiritually yeah. alongside your cooking was super yeah. obvious. I was like, oh, this is like a, a moment for her. The the like it rose it, and it has holes on the inside like it's supposed to. And I mean, it was just I found that to be honestly, I found that line of stories to be really hope filled for me. During yeah. the last couple of months. Well, good. I'm glad. And, you know, there's so many great teachers online. I follow the Clever Carrot. Yeah, I don't and know her. her. Oh, she's fantastic. Every single recipe I have followed of hers has turned out great. Oh, wow. She has she has a cookbook, sourdough bacon cookbook, that's really good. But you can also get her recipes on social media. Yeah. <laughs> and, I've, and I've reached out to her and, you know, we've corresponded a little bit on social too. But yeah, they make it easy. And we, we did the hardest part, I'd say, was growing the starter. Yes. Because that took a long time. Yeah. And a lot of faith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you have to feed it, right? Like a person. Yeah. yeah. It's like another pet. Yes. <laughs> it's another pet. But it, it gives me, sometimes it gives me a whole lot more than my dogs and doesn't poop in the bathroom. That's exactly right. Are you, yeah. are y'all still making bread? Oh yeah. We're making focaccia right now. <gasps> oh my gosh. So you're like branching yeah. out. You're not just sticking with your sourdough loaf. Oh no. We have totally You did waffles or something too, didn't you? Am I making that yep. up? No, no, I, yeah. well, I did pancakes, pancakes, I did pancakes yeah. And, um, and then we've made like chocolate chip bread and we made this fugazi. I, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it was very <laughs> impressive looking. And, um, yeah. And so we're doing focaccia now and we're going to put like onion and rosemary on top. And oh, yeah. Huck is, Huck has big aspirations for this one. Cause last one he said, we didn't put enough truffles oh. on top. So we've got like this. <laughs> dehydrated. I don't even know if it's real truffles. It's like truffle right, flavor. Right. And we're going to sprinkle that on top this time. So and yeah. you have two boys. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So we do a two thing. Um, we have an email, AFD weekend review, and we tell people who we're interviewing the next week, who's coming on the show. And so with your question, so they, and they can give us questions. And okay. yours were so fun because, I mean, it's 90 questions about Father of the Bride, of course, okay. right? <laughs> but one of them that I loved along the same vein that I don't actually know the answer to is how you and your husband Brad met. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's so will you story. tell that story? How'd y'all meet? The short story is that he stalked me and uh-huh. I could have wound up like in jail or marriage <laughs> and I chose marriage because I felt like it was easier. Um <laughs> The long story is that he went to see Father the Bride with a girlfriend in oh, West wow. Virginia. Yeah, weird. It gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Father the Bride was their movie. Oh, my god. And gosh. they saw it probably like six or seven times. I mean, he said they saw it a bunch. And then this girl broke his heart. Oh, wow. And I won't go into the details of that, but it was 
It was like the making of a good country song. Yeah. So he moved to Nashville and, and was sort of down about his love life. And then he thought, well, it, the sequel came out of yes. To Father the Bride. Yes. And and he thought, well, maybe I'll go back on the anniversary of our first date to that movie theater where we saw that movie. And maybe she'll have the same thought. <gasps> and she'll be maybe we're we'll be like minded that way. We're both going to be romantics. Maybe she'll be there, too. And we can have a sequel, too. Oh, wow. what so, an artist. Only artists think <laughs> like that. I love it. Oh, and suckers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he goes back to the theater. It's his mother's birthday and thought about bringing flowers. He did not. Yeah. He goes to the movie. He watches the movie. She does not show up. He goes out to the parking lot and he thinks, oh, crap. Was it the 730 or the 930 showing? He couldn't remember. And he thought, well, maybe. (laughs) What if? What if it was the 930 and he went to the 730 and they almost missed? So, okay. He goes back in. He buys another ticket. And he goes in and sits down. She does not show up again. He does not stay for the second (laughs) showing. He leaves and he goes and writes some really awesome songs, including one called Part Two, Uh which was about that experience. About, you know, Hollywood always finds a way to have a sequel. Why can't we? And it became the title track to his second album called Part Two, which he has a little ticket stub in the album artwork. Oh, brilliant. We're to go back and find one of those. What a great Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. So cut to seven years later. I think it was seven years later. Now, my perspective on this story, I hope you wanted the long version. Yeah, yeah, girl. I'm all the way here for this. (laughs) I'm all the way here for it. So my perspective is it's 2001. 9-11 happens. Mm -hmm. And I was dating, you know, a a couple bozos, like Hollywood (laughs) actor types. And, you know, you lived in LA at the time or New York? Yeah, I lived in LA and guys who were kind of playing games. And, you know, I I, I wasn't really ready to settle down yet anyway. And then 9-11 happened and it was suddenly like an awakening, like, Mm. okay, I'm done playing games. I'm ready to find my person. And universe helped me make that happen. So I started putting out a prayer like I've never prayed before. Like I would feel shivers in my body when I would pray. Wow. And I wrote down on a piece of paper all the things I was looking for in a partner. And I started praying specifically for the partner that I knew was there in wow. the world. Like praying that he has a good day. Praying that, you know, he can clean up whatever he needs to clean up so that we can meet. Praying that, you know, help him, Lord, help him to find me. Help us to find each other. You know, and it was like a regular ongoing prayer. And so November 1st, so September 11th happened. And then on November 1st, Brad woke up on his tour bus with this really clear idea that he had to find me. Oh my gosh. And he doesn't know why. And that does feel stalkery, to be honest. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you got to trust that too. Yeah, I think. <laughs> if you're Brad Paisley, you trust him. Yeah, if you're Brad Paisley. Else, maybe you let it go. That's right. <laughs> but he's a, he's a go-getter. So that very same day, he reached out to one person he knew who happened to be someone who knew my manager. And I had just met this guy, Peter Tilden, who's a radio DJ. Mm-hmm. Peter puts Brad in touch with my manager, who calls me later that day and says, oh, I just talked to the cutest guy. 
you're totally going to date him. And I said, well, <laughs> what, what, what were you talking about? And does this have to do with a job? Because you're my manager. Right. And, um, and she said, well, he wants you to do a music video, but you're totally going to date him. Oh. And so Brad had called her and said that he was doing a music video and would I ever want to be in a music video? And I had just told my manager like a month earlier that I really want, thought it'd be fun to do a music video. So anyway, later that day, we were talking on the phone. Oh and and gosh. I thought he was adorable. I thought he was he had this like cute southern accent and seemed so much more like naive and straightforward and romantic than the guys that I'd been with and he wasn't like a slick charmer like game playing kind of guy. He yeah. was he was more straightforward and so it went from there. That is I mean the zoom out of that story and the way God was orchestrating that the whole time. I mean yeah. That is yeah. mind blowing. Yeah, it's it was really wild. And and that's I think why I didn't say, oh, he's just a stalker, is because I had also been putting out the prayer. Yeah. And 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 but at the same time, I was like, Well, God, is this the one? Are you sure? Because mm-hmm. he seems a little dorky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, then the more we talked about our stories and our families and our lives and what we wanted in our lives, the more it felt in line. And then mm-hmm. actually, coincidentally, or God, you know, God co-orchestrated this part too, that we met my, he met my parents on December 28th, which was his mom's birthday, which was the anniversary of the first time he'd seen father, the bride, his plane got diverted. He was supposed to come see me in New York city for a visit. And we'd met a couple times before that, but we were meeting up for dinner and he said, I'll fly anywhere just to have dinner with you. You know, he was like so romantic and his plane got diverted to white plains, which is where my parents lived. So I said, well, do you want to just have dinner with my parents? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yes, yes, I do. So we went to dinner with my parents on December 28th. But anyway, there was just like all these, all these really cool God things that yeah. happened. Yeah. Man, that is, why, that's a great story. That is so worth as many minutes as you want to take to tell yeah. it. That is so good. Yeah. That is so good. It's, it is always one of the gifts of life, I think, that we can, when something's over, like when the meet, the meet cute is over and the mm-hmm. relationship is here or when the job has completed or that you can zoom out and go, look at all the ways that was being handled before I ever knew it. Yeah. It is absolutely wild. Hey, friends, taking a short break from this conversation with Kim to give a shout out to our amazing partners at Thistle Farms. If you don't already know about Thistle Farms, uh, how? Okay. I'm so glad I get to be the one to tell you about them. I just love what they do. Thistle Farms is a social justice enterprise that provides healing and housing and employment for women survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. The way they employ survivors while also funding their mission is by selling beautiful lotions and scrubs and candles, you guys. I've seen these before. I love them. I have them all over my house. They also have essential oils that are handmade by the women in their program. First of all, their products are incredible. They have this candle in their healing collection called Calm. (laughs) You guys, the scent is like a sweet orange and vanilla. It smells so good. And I love giving their lip balm to friends as stocking stuffers, as housewarming gifts, all the things. But even better than buying quality products is knowing the dignity and healing that's taken place in the lives of the women who are in the program. It really matters. 
To support Thistle Farms and get some amazing gifts or treats for yourself, just go to thistlefarms.org and use the code that sounds fun for 15% off. Again, that's thistlefarms.org and the code for 15% off is that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation. Okay, so let me tell you the big question people would like us to ask about Father of the Bride. They want to know, is Steve Martin as great as he seems like he is? And what's your best memory from filming those movies? Steve Martin is an awesome, awesome guy. So kind. When I got to set on my very first day, I tell this story all the time, but when I got to set on my very first day, I was 19. Oh, my gosh. And suddenly thrust into Hollywood, and I didn't really know what I was doing at all. And he said, welcome to Hollywood. You're going to need a good therapist. (laughs) (laughs) And that was great advice. And he was so sweet the whole time. I mean, he would, you know, we'd we'd finish the scene. He'd say, okay, now they're going to do what's called a turnaround, which means you have an hour off, you know. And he took me to lunch. And and he would have people like Michael Caine show up. And and he'd be going to lunch with Michael Caine. He'd say, come along. And he'd invite me. And it was just like so sweet. But he's much more serious than people would think. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not like a wild and crazy guy. He's, right. He's a very thoughtful, deep yeah. guy and and a great musician, actually. Yes. Oh, man, I love watching him play banjo. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that you have an answer to this because this is kind of like asking, what is it like to have your parents? And you're like, that's literally all I know is my parents. But yeah. But I mean, you're that those particular movies are such a staple in so many of our lives. Mm-hmm. How does how does that feel? That is it weird that everyone knows you or knows your face? I mean, they don't know you as a friend, but they know you're a part of all of our histories. Yeah, it is weird, I guess, but it's all I've known since I was yeah. 19 years old. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it changed my whole life, and I had no idea at the time that it would be the classic that it's become. Yeah. And for for years, I mean, I did so much press for that movie. I, I went all over the world doing press for that movie. Oh, wow. And people always will ask the same questions. And I got so tired of asking, uh, answering those same questions mm-hmm. over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And sort of frustrated that that was all people knew me from yeah. and all of that. And so I've come full circle though now. And now I'm so grateful that yeah. I was part of something that has such longevity yeah. and that has meant something to so many people. And and people tear up and, and when they tell me about their weddings or their relationships with fathers and daughters. And yeah. you know, it's really, it's really special to be a part of something that has been so much a part of other people's lives. Yes. Did you ever dream you'd end up in Nashville? No, never. Uh, yeah. And for a long time, people would tell me about their weddings and I was so far from getting married. It was uh-huh. years and years and years before I got married. And I would I would just kind of on the inside go, okay, you're telling me about another wedding. <laughs> it's to, like when I got engaged and I literally found myself quoting the movie. Like, a wedding <laughs> You know, and I was arguing with my parents and I was literally quoting Father of the Bride. (laughs) Yeah. And then you end up coming to this brand new city. You and Brad moved. Did you move down here? How how long have you been here? I've been here about, gosh, I mean, well, we've been married 17 and a half years. So we started, I started coming here probably a year before that. Yeah. 
I've been here since 2008, so 12 years. Okay. And so one of the things we connected on, you and I, is a couple of weeks ago we got on this call and I learned so much yeah. about the food crisis in our nation and in the world, but in our nation. And I thought, I, for Thanksgiving, I want, I love that you're here, Ken, like you're a Nashville girl now who can talk about like not just an, I think a lot of times we get these international thoughts about people being hungry and we picture kids in Africa and there is a real situation here. Like even in Nashville, can you kind of talk about food insecurity and, and what it actually means? Yeah, it's, so we have a nonprofit called the store that serves to help people with dealing with food insecurity. And it is a problem here in Nashville, and it's a problem across the country. And especially with the coronavirus pandemic, millions of people have been affected by that. More than 50 million people, including 17 million children, might be experiencing food insecurity in 2020. The numbers have skyrocketed. We're at the store. We are serving five times more people than we ever anticipated serving at this time. So it's a real issue, and especially for military families. I was just reading about that. Yeah, as many as 90,000 service members, active service members now, are relying on, like, the Feeding America Network. Wow. Which, to me, is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. They are protecting our nation, (laughs) and yet they're not given the tools to feed their families. Right. Can you define food insecurity? Does that mean they don't eat all day? Does that mean they don't It means that they don't know where their next meal is coming from. They're not sure they're going to have enough to eat. Gosh. That they're they're living alongside hunger. Yeah. So 17 million kids in our nation that we know of (laughs) that are somehow tracked are Mm -hmm. probably hungry today. Right. Even on Thanksgiving, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. Right. Um, Right. And I I used to teach elementary school. And so Mm -hmm. my... During COVID, so much of my thoughts were about the kids that I taught that weren't safe at their homes or weren't being fed at their homes. I assume that's what you mean when you say COVID really affected it, is that these kids who are getting fed breakfast and lunch didn't eat. Yes, right. Exactly. So there's kids get free lunch at school often. And now if they're not in school, they're not getting that lunch. We used to, there's backpack programs too that that give kids, they'll give their kids food on Friday for the weekend and they're not getting that. And and not to mention unemployment has risen. Mm -hmm. And so families are as a whole are, are facing food insecurity because they don't have enough food. They don't have enough money to buy the food that they were buying when they were employed. Yeah. It is mind boggling to me because I'm so privileged that I think like food expires at my house. Yeah. I know my, some of my neighbors don't have enough to feed their kids. Right. And that is what's shocking is that there's not, uh, I will say that the black community uh, has way more food insecurity than, than white people. And and we serve predominantly black people and our neighborhood is predominantly black where we are uh, at the store. And yeah, tell me about starting the store. It's an actual, for our friends listening, it's an actual like grocery store that is only for families in need. Right. Right. It's a free referral based grocery store. So our idea was to provide a safe, normal sort of experience for people who are on hard times. And so that's why we called it the store, because we want it to feel normal, like they could say to their kids, we're just going to the store. Uh, And and the idea is to have people come in and shop and in a 
community safe, you know, sort of community grocery store and that their kids could see their parents in a position of power and making choices for the family. But we opened two weeks before the tornadoes hit Nashville in March, in March. And then, and so immediately sort of pivoted to emerge like disaster relief. Yeah. And then of course the pandemic happened and we didn't feel like it was safe to have our doors open to people coming in and with volunteers we just wanted to regulate it a little bit more so we pivoted and now we're doing um delivery service to homebound seniors and and curbside pickup so we do have and and there are still some choices people can make but unfortunately it's not like what we originally envisioned envisioned but we'll we'll get back there. Why do you and Brad care about this? Why was this the thing? Cuz I know you also talk a lot about Alzheimer's. And that's yeah. really important to you as well. Why why is food insecurity important to you? We were really inspired by an organization called Unity Shop that we saw in Santa Barbara yeah. that did the same thing and so we kind of copied that model and and developed it into our own but we were really inspired by that model. It was a place that we took our kids over Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh one year uh when we wanted to just do more service and and we loved the way that we were all welcomed as volunteers and they showed they taught us skills that that are useful, like that my kids were suddenly packing beans and stacking them on the shelves and checking people out and at the at the checkout counter. And and it felt like there was the margins were being erased. Mm. I saw this woman in the aisle who was um, pushing a cart and she saw my kids at the register and she said, oh, I used to bring my kids here when when they were younger. She used to bring her kids to Unity Shop to volunteer. Yeah. Wow. And then now she was needing the service. Yeah. And there was no shame in her telling me that. It was sort of like, yeah, all of us come on hard times. Some some have harder times than others, and we're all here for each other. Yeah. And we're you're just in a different stage in life than you were then, and you'll be back on your feet again. Yeah. yeah. And and, and then- we're we're partnering with uh, Belmont Ministry Service. So oh, we wow. it's a partnership with Belmont University because I know that hunger is a multifaceted problem, especially in the Edge Hill neighborhood where we are. There are a lot of issues that have led to someone not being able to have enough food. So the Belmont Ministry Center is right next door and they offer, and they've had to curb what they offer now as well because of the pandemic, but they do offer like music therapy and then they offer legal services and things like that. So um, it's a great, a great partnership there. And I just think the dignity, the way you are doing it with such dignity where people are shopping, like they are, yeah. they, you know, there are times where, especially during natural disasters, where you see a table and the people can just get a jug of water and a can of soup. And, and that makes total sense. And, but yeah. the, the everyday life of what you're offering, it just, it seems like such an answer. I want to tell you something embarrassing and you can tell me why it's what to do with it. <laughs> Oh, great. Um, <laughs> there are times when I think about volunteering yeah. and I think I feel embarrassed to be the one who is on this side of it. And right. I'm, I feel embarrassed that I'm that the person looking me in the eyes when I'm handing them the groceries looks just like me or right. we look like we could have been in high school together or how do we get over that? weird. I I can't imagine I'm the only human who's ever felt that maybe. And you can be like, Annie, it's a you problem. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so honest. And thank you for sharing. And I'm sure you're not alone in feeling that. 
I would say give it a try. Mm. You know, um, what I felt when I when I volunteered is that there's a wonderful connection that's that's there. And mm-hmm. actually, it's something that I didn't feel growing up when uh, my mom used to deliver Meals on Wheels, and oh, wow. we and we used to go to a food pantry and we dole out like peas and mashed potatoes on yeah. Thanksgiving. And I always felt resentment from the people that mm. we were giving the food to, a lot of resentment and yeah. anger. And that was surprising. But I think I think it's that dignity piece. Mm. So that's what we're trying to get around with the store is the store. I want it to feel more like we're all in it together. Yeah. You know, and you are dignified when you show up here and you are making choices and you are empowered. Mm-hmm. So there's I don't feel that kind of embarrassment. Yeah. It feels more normal. Yeah. More like a business, you know? Yeah. I love that feel. So in, in all of our communities, all of our friends listening, how do we even find where the need is? How do we step into this if we're able to? I would, yeah, I would definitely go to the local places in your area where you are and, and, the local Feeding America is fantastic okay. across the country, and they have a lot of opportunities to volunteer to fill backpacks and things like that that you can go with your kids. It's mm-hmm. something I just love, love doing with my boys. And then the store, we will have more volunteer opportunities. There are a lot of volunteers yeah. now, but we'll have more once the pandemic is over. And we need drivers right now for um, delivering groceries. Um, but there are these local organizations all over the country. Yeah. And I would say to people, find out where they are in your area and go and support the local work. Yeah. And what if some of our friends listening are hungry? I would imagine with the amount of friends we know on the other side of this, there are families that are that are hungry and aren't mm-hmm. making ends meet. Mm-hmm. Where can they go? How, how do you even make that step? How do you How do you get over the, maybe some shame or fear around that? How do you how do you get okay? And where do you go? Yeah, that's such a great question. We get, we have six referral agencies in Nashville and we work, we work with churches. So a lot of people find us through their church. And I think that that's a great resource for people. Um, As I said, Feeding America is fantastic. And they're used to, they're used to first timers. Mm -hmm. They're used, especially right now, they're used to people saying, I've never done this before. I've never had to do this before. Yeah, because I would imagine there are so many families. I mean, when we think about our neighbors here, how many people are, I I think about these friends all the time, sound guys and uh, guitar techs and all these road guys who have not done, not been able to do their job since March. And their families are maybe hungry because their job just stopped existing. Exactly. And it's not like anyone's done anything wrong. Right. You know? Right. A lot of times the shame comes from I messed up somehow or I, I you know, I've done something wrong. But right. it's it's not it's not your fault a lot of the time. And, you know, circumstances are different for everybody. And the circumstances we're born into are different. Yeah. And and there shouldn't be any shame in it. Yeah, you would. That's the, that's the hope I have with people taking away this conversation is what whatever side they're on of this today, because mm-hmm. we can't know what side we'll be on it in six months. I mm-hmm. could need help too. Like there could right. there could be any day that we need help, but just going like, okay, there's no shame if you've been ashamed to right. go help. There's right. no shame if you've been ashamed to ask for help. 
Right. And right. there's a community of people who are just like you yeah. that you can connect with, you yeah. know, and you can help each other. What was it like the day the store opened? Well, I don't even know. It was it was such a whirlwind. We wanted to have a big ribbon cutting. We wanted right. to have a big party. And, and you know, the need just kept rising. And our executive wow. director, Courtney, uh, said, we got to just open. And Brad and I said, yeah, we got to just start. Let's yeah. just start. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't even tell you. You're like, we'll have a party later and then COVID. Yeah, (laughs) we will. We'll have, yeah, well, we'll have a party like a year from when we open, you know, and and just celebrate all the good that's been done. It was really, it was emotional for me to see the first customers coming in and just seeing them shop. And I didn't want to stare and I didn't want to follow them around, but I was, you know, I just wanted to like see what their experience was like, but I didn't want to intrude, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was really emotional for me to see someone just having a normal shopping experience and the, and the store is such a gorgeous place. We had these fantastic architects at ESA who built it for us and, um, just designed it to be a wonderful, welcoming place. And so it was pretty emotional to see people showing up. And now we've got We've got lines, you know, on the days that we're open, we've got lines down the street for the curbside and yeah. And a bunch of people that were delivering too. Yes. And I I love the idea for any of our friends that are in Nashville. If you're a podcast listener, get, get in your car and go deliver groceries and listen to podcasts while you're doing it. Yeah, That's a great idea. (laughs) We are here for you to go with you. Kim and I will go with you on all these travels. Hey, friends, just interrupted this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, KiwiCo. You and your families, well, all of us really, have adapted to a lot of change this year. I know. I've watched you be brave and resilient and creative as you've solved problems. Can anybody say working from home while the kids are doing virtual learning? And you've discovered new ways to tackle your days. Let's make the end of this year the start of something new. With a subscription to KiwiCo's seriously fun and innovative crates, you can share new discoveries and creativity igniting projects with everyone on your holiday list this year. I love this idea. And I've loved doing KiwiCo crates with some of my mini BFFs. I think my favorite one was the hydraulic claw that you can use to pick up things. As soon as we were done, my friend I was working with asked if we could unbuild it and build it again. I think the next one I want to try with him and his siblings is the one that's the stomp rocket and the kite kit. I'm very into both these things. With all your juggling, you know it can be hard to find new creative ways to keep the kids in your life busy while also stretching their brains, especially now. KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend more quality time tackling projects together. I'm serious. They think of everything. All the supplies and easy-to-understand instructions inside a fun-to-open box. The kids loved that part, too, the fun box. The options are endless. You can choose from engineering, science, or art projects for kids or the young at heart. They've got different crates for kids of all ages, even a kid my age. So there's something unique and great quality for everyone on your gift list this year. Start a new holiday tradition with KiwiCo. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects to build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. Get 50% off. That's five zero off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with the code that sounds fun at kiwico.com. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com and the promo code that sounds fun. And now back to finish our conversation with Kimberly. I would love to, I mean, when we hung up on that call a couple of weeks ago, I thought, I need to be a part of something like this. 
That's what I thought. And that's yeah. probably one of the goals of the call is to say to all of us, like, hey, friends, y'all live here. Yeah. And there's a thing. <laughs> yeah. But I did. Absolutely. I mean, I, I really thought that what a great way to spend some of our time over the next few months if we're able to. Yeah. to and I mean, you just get to know neighbors in ways. How'd y'all find Courtney, by the way? How'd you find her to run the run the store for you? We just did an, a search and, you know, she's she was, awesome. She rose to the top. Yes. She's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Was she yeah. already in Nashville or did she move here for the job? No, she was in Nashville. She was yeah. at Amazon. Oh, wow. You're yeah. like, I can teach you a different store to work for. <laughs> It'll feel way better. She works so hard and she works with other organizations in a really great way. So if we get a donation of something like we have extra bread uh-huh. and she knows we can't, we can't use it all in the amount of time we need to, she partners up with all these other organizations and they do the same for us. And that's something that we really, we came into this knowing we, we didn't want to have a competition between other organizations because there's a lot of need and we need to work together on it. So Courtney has really helped to foster that. Do you see a world where y'all open more stores around town? We would like to. There's yeah. so much need. And that's in Davidson County. There's need in Williamson County where we actually live. Yeah. Um, so we would love that. You know, we're we're pretty new and we just want to make sure we can do the one yeah. very well. Girl, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, that isn't our dreams. Yeah. We would love to open more. Where does and the we'd food love to show from? people how we did it so that yes. they can open them across the country. I think partnering with Belmont was one of the best things we did because they have been a fantastic resource and you know, provide help provide funding and mm-hmm. and opportunity like volunteer opportunities and then the ministry center and um you know they've got the nursing school so because there's health services at the ministry center so there that's i would say like find a university that you can partner with that's interested because there's there's a huge education component Mm -hmm. in food insecurity too and there's a lot of people with diabetes who have to have a specific diet other health issues and so education is part of it it's feels like a an opportunity to um for y'all even to to build this thing that teaches people so holistically because yeah. you're partnered with Belmont. That yeah. And brilliant. our goal is to ha- help them for a year. Our program is a year. And then our goal is to get them back on their feet and we don't see them again until they come through our doors to volunteer. Oh, that's you know, awesome. That, like we would love to have a short-term relationship Yes. With them as a customer. Yes. And then we want to help them get on their feet and and not need us. Yes. And that's a, I mean, that neighborhood, there are a couple of neighborhoods in our town that are more needy than others. And so y'all are planted right. in such a great place. It's very visible. I mean, I know exactly where it is. It's very visible, yeah. but it also is is right in the heart of where people who are in a wheelchair or have to walk or mm-hmm. don't have easy transportation can get to you. That was so no. smart of y'all. Yeah, Brad and I volunteered um, a couple weeks ago, and we there were those towers in Edge yeah. Hill, yeah. and uh, there were people on the top floor, like the not, the tenth floor, who couldn't come down. And of course, they've got tiny little elevators, right. and people. Not everyone was wearing a mask, and so you wouldn't want someone on the tenth floor to come down. Yes. So we hauled those groceries up <laughs> ten flights of stairs. Oh my gosh, up the <laughs> stairs. Yeah. That is a workout. Well done. It was. It was a good workout. You can't even use like, I mean, that's like bags. You can't even use one of the carts to get it up there. 
Right, but what would that person have done without those groceries? And we do hear that a lot. We hear, I don't know what I would have done for food this week if you hadn't shown up. That is unbelievable. I mean, it just, the goal obviously is let's get those 17 million kids, those 50 million adults and kids together to where they're safe food-wise and where Mm -hmm. they're eating. Is there... Is there something we can do? Uh, is it, I mean, it's one of those where some people have time and some people have money. So if you don't have time, right. what's some other, can we donate? Is it donating yeah. to Feeding America or can we donate to the store directly? Absolutely. Yeah. The store.org okay. is our website and you can donate to the store. You can go to feedingamerica.org and donate to Feeding America. We work with Feeding America and get a lot of our food from them. Okay. And we buy it from them. Yeah. So yeah, those are two great places to start. Yeah. What a um, beautiful way to spend a life, Kim. I mean, really, yeah. like what a, what a, when you think of things you'll be remembered for, you will be remembered yeah. for being a father Aww. of the ride. But I feel like, th- <laughs> I mean, this will be something you'll also be remembered for for so many years because you're providing dignity to our neighbors. Thank you. I hope so. I, I hope awesome. we last a long time. That's our goal. We've started our endowment already. Yeah. And uh, so we really want to, we want to be here for the long time term until they don't need us anymore. Yeah. I love it. Also, I want people to know you have books they can read. You're in all sorts of movies and TV. <laughs> I mean, like you're, when I was reading your bio today, I was like, oh, I just get to talk to her. And I was like, okay, she has been busy. You have had a busy <laughs> life, my friend. <laughs> well, so, you well have done. too. Well, listen, we all just keep going to work and I'm very yes. grateful. And I love that you were in the Jolene of Dolly Parton's movies. Oh yeah. Do you love her? Cause you got to go, listen, here's what else I know. You went to Dollywood for the premiere, right? I did. How I much, did. I mean, do you adore Dollywood? I just love that place so much. That was my first time there. <gasps> oh, so you I haven't like never... done roller coasters and stuff. You've only been no. in a movie premiere. Yeah. Because the roller coasters were closed when I was there. Oh, so ma'am. I really didn't get the full Dollywood experience. We need, and I use that word truthfully to go back. We need to go yeah. back. You need to ride, yeah. we need to ride roller coasters and you need the cinnamon bread. Did you even get to try the cinnamon bread? No. Dude. What is the cinnamon I'm bread? I'm actually going to send you the recipe after this because you okay. can make it with your with what you're working oh, with. Okay. They literally bake this bread. Before they bake it, they slice slice the top, they just score it and they mm-hmm. drip dip it all the way down into butter and then Ooh. all the way down into cinnamon <laughs> and sugar. <laughs> I need that in my life. It is. Yes. I'm going to send you the recipe. (laughs) It is next level. Okay. Now, Kim, tell me about your Christmas movies that are coming out because we need to be watching them. Okay. So, well, it's two days before Thanksgiving, but the 24th um, Christmas Chronicles 2 is coming out on Netflix. Oh, yes. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Oh, I'm dying to see that. That'll be super fun. And then, do you have kids? Nope. Not married. No kids yet. Okay. Okay, okay. But if you so, know anybody, I'm like, very okay. interested. <laughs> I would Put love to get married. Put a prayer out into the universe. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm doing it. You're switching me up. I'm going to start saying, Lord, help him find me. Lord, Maybe you're not ready, him. but if you're ready, you got to take your whole being yes. and just put it out there and imagine him having a great day and imagine him cleaning up his business, whatever he needs to get cleared out and then help him to find you. I love it. And you find him yourself. That's right. I'm going to pray that. That's right. (laughs) I'm going to be like, uh, I think Kimberly Williams Paisley has to do our (laughs) wedding because she's the one (laughs) who told me what to pray. Um, Okay. So, so Uh, so there's that. Yes. 
Christmas Chronicles 2. And then on the 25th, I have another Christmas movie coming out because I just can't get enough Christmas. Listen, who can? And this one's called Nashville Christmas Carol. <gasps> oh, I know. Yeah. On so Hallmark. that's on a Hallmark. Yeah. So that'll probably like both of them will be running through Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. And you need to know that there is another podcast called The Bubbly Sesh. I bet they'll probably I'm doing later on. Okay, great. They <laughs> are one o'clock. That's you're going to know. love them so much. They are Jackson Shaw are amazing. And mm -hmm. I'm coming on their show to review Nashville Christmas Carol. Oh no. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's going to be great. I'm a give huge, us a good review. Oh, I'm a huge Hallmark Christmas movie <laughs> fan. And so they always try to pick someone who kind of connects with the movie to recap. It's not as much a review as a recap. Okay. And so after I get to watch it, I get to go and talk about Nashville oh, Christmas that's Carol. So awesome. It looks awesome. Are you happy yeah. with how it turned out? I haven't seen it. I'm, okay. the, I'm the spirit of Christmas present. Oh, I love uh, it. So, you know, it's a take on Christmas Carol, yes. which I read to, I read the original to my children and they cried oh. because it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the different. Hallmark version. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, and did y'all no film it here? Yes. I'm we so annoyed I didn't get to be an extra. I'm so, because oh I went, that's gosh. the last time I was at Dollywood, I was an extra in the Christmas at Dollywood last year. Oh my gosh. That's so I funny. Been, next time they do a Christmas one in Nashville, I'm going to have to really call Hallmark. But yeah, you when did y'all record? Did y'all do it in the fall? We did it like a month ago. I mean, they they turn this around so fast. Oh yeah. Do you know on the app, I'm sure you probably don't. I'm okay with that. On the Hallmark app, they don't yeah. even have the cover of a Nashville Christmas Carol yet. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it turns like out still being so edited. Fast. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I am so thrilled to have both. I mean, that I'm so glad people are hearing this today because that gives them all weekend to watch yes. both of those. Because Nashville Christmas yes. Carol will be on a lot of times, and Netflix is I at our disposal. So, so, so Winona Judd is in Nashville Christmas Carol, and Kix Brooks, and then um, Jesse Schramm is the lead. She's yes, great. Yes. So, yeah, it's a really oh, fun I can't group wait. Of people. Those are two very good movies for us to enjoy this weekend. Yes. That feels like yes. two different. They're different, but they're both Christmassy. They're both getting yeah, us ready. Kick off the Christmas season yes. for sure. Um, tell me what y'all do for Thanksgiving. Do people come to you, or do you go to them? Well, it's usually actually we go out to California for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we'll, we'll probably be out there Yeah, and, uh, everything in the holidays is going to be different this year. Cause it's, it's usually so a lot of family and my sister's up in Canada. She's oh, also okay. on a lot of Hallmark movies. Yes. Um, she just had never kiss a man in a Christmas sweater come out on Hallmark. So. Is she the main girl? Yeah. That is your sister. sister? Yeah. She was very good in that movie, by the way. Really? I haven't yes. seen it yet. Yes. <laughs> Forgive me for how much I have seen of Hallmark Christmas <laughs> movies already. I told you I'm not married yet. So I <laughs> and in COVID, I'm home a lot. Oh, that is her. She's very good. Yeah, she's great. So, but yeah. she's up in Canada okay. and she keeps working up there and they've got that two-week quarantine up in Canada. Yeah. So She's just staying there yep. with her family. So I'm not going to see her over the holidays. And then my dad is in New York and it's dangerous for him to travel. Yeah. So we're just sort of like changing things around this year. I know. I have so much compassion for our friends. There, uh, There's got to be people today who are listening and they're home alone because they're quarantined or yeah. in isolation because they're sick. And I just have yeah. so much compassion that this is not going to look the same for any of us. Right. Year. Well, I mean, you brought up Alzheimer's earlier, which is my mm -hmm. other passion project because yeah. my mom passed away from Alzheimer's actually four years ago, Monday. Oh, wow. But I think of all the caregivers right now, 
with in the middle of a pandemic who don't have access to the resources and the help that they normally have. Caregiving for someone with Alzheimer's is a 24-7 job and it's all consuming. And so it's really important for caregivers to take care of themselves and to ask for help and get help. And it's just so much harder when you're in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. They, those are the groups of people that will be in my prayers today. Yeah. That caregivers will be cared for. Yeah. And that the sick will feel like at least two of their friends are with them. At least you and I are with them. So they may be alone today, but we're with them for this little amount of time. So, yeah. Um, Okay. The last question we always ask is because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what y'all do for fun. The first thing that comes to mind is ping pong. Yeah, really? We Yeah, we have some really fierce, fierce <laughs> ping pong matches. And uh, Brad and I are really well matched that yeah. way in ping pong. So yeah, but that's what we love ping pong. And the fast, boys do fast too? Games of ping pong. Yeah, yeah. Jasper, Jasper, not as much anymore. But yeah, Huck is really into it. Um, so we definitely do that. We also play dodgeball. We have a, a little dodgeball court and we go and like take it out on the court. Just the four of you. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> four person dodgeball sounds yeah. awesome and it's very so quick rounds. <laughs> yes. Yes. We have a lot of those tiny little balls that yeah. don't hurt too much. Yeah. They're like really squishy, um, but they throw really well. Is it teams and- of two or is it every man for themselves? It's, it's me and Brad against the boys. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I do that. I like to, I love to dance. Yeah. So sometimes we have like spontaneous dance parties. Yes. Man, y'all have a fun house. You're doing it. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you. We fight over the dishes. Yeah, we that's fight right. Over, you know, we fight over clutter and yep. laundry. And I get like it. That. That's but, normal. You know. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for educating us today and for making time to chat. I'm such an honor and so fun to finally be friends. I feel like we share oh, all the people, so I'm really grateful. I thank you so much, and I can't wait to see you in person know, and go do, do fun it. things like Dollywood and volunteer at the store. Yeah, and listen, I am signing up for the store. You can count on I me I love there. it. Yay, thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Um, and okay. happy Thanksgiving. Yes, friends, happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening. We are here with you. Oh, friends, don't you love her? What a gift. I just enjoyed that conversation so much. And I'm really excited to get involved at the store. I hope you'll do something similar. Get involved in your town, in your area, in a way that will help your neighbors who are food insecure this year that may be experiencing that for the first time or may have grown up like that or anything in between. So let's step in and be helpful. Again, you can go to the store.org and learn more about what she and Brad have built together as well as donating. If you'd like to give towards them, I'm going to do that as well. Make sure you follow Kimberly. If you don't already tell her, thanks for being on the show and how much you enjoyed it. And if you love this one, I bet you'd also really like episode 167 with Melissa Day Arabian. Uh, be sure to check that one out. I adore her. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. I'm Annie F. Downs TSF on YouTube. Like, that sounds fun. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Happy Thanksgiving. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday with Kathy Lee Gifford. Oh, it's going to be a good one. See you all Monday. Monday.